Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 103, Making Mistakes and Getting It Wrong. It's March 14th, 2023. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and podcaster. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is very difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way, and my music is by Howie Moscovich. Making mistakes and getting it wrong. Most people in life make mistakes here or there, some more serious, some less serious, or they get it wrong. And this podcast is really designed to help you create some peace and some space and some movement in any mistakes that you've made or how you've gotten it wrong, because frequently people carry that stuff around. It's kind of unresolved or lingers as a regret. So mistakes come in all sizes, and hopefully you'll get some new ideas and some insights that will help you if you've made mistakes or gotten it wrong. If you happen to be new to my content, I hope you're going to visit my website and enter my current giveaway at www.lisaalundy.com. My disclaimer, I am not a healthcare professional, I am not a therapist, I am none of those things. And nothing that I say in my podcast, on my website, or my YouTube videos, or my book is designed to be medical or therapy advice. So that's my disclaimer. Now, if you're listening to this podcast and life is too hard for you, you just feel like you can't go on, or you're feeling suicidal, or you're thinking about committing suicide, I am asking you to call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That number again is 1-800-273-8255. There is a wide range of help available if you're feeling suicidal or that life is too hard and you can't go on. And I'm asking you to take the help please, or post on social media or tell people. Like, people will help you for real, but you have to let people know. My next housekeeping item is for the deaf and hard of hearing community. So this podcast is about making mistakes and getting it wrong. So let me just give you an example. In a previous couple podcasts, I had stated that transcripts for my podcast were available on the rss.com platform and on my website. So that was a mistake. The podcast transcripts are available on rss.com on my feed, and they are coming to my website, but they are not currently on my website. So I made a mistake, and here I am. I'm apologizing and cleaning it up (laughs) and chuckling about it. I was chuckling about it today in some exchange with my IT guy. So he was probably shaking his head saying, Lisa, were you not paying attention? Yeah, I might not have been paying attention. But at any rate, for the deaf and hard of hearing community, I am working on having the transcripts on my website as well. Currently, they are on rss.com. 
I'm also working on my pronunciation, my speed of speaking so that you get a better, clearer transcript. So I hope you'll have a little compassion that I'm working on improvements for you. So what do I mean by making mistakes and getting it wrong? Well, the, the definition of the word mistake as a noun is an action or judgment that is misguided or wrong. And as a verb, it's to be wrong about, like be wrong about something. So you want to notice that this podcast is on making mistakes and getting it wrong. And wrong is in the definition of the word mistake. Now, the definition of the word wrong, well, wrong as a word is either used as a noun, an adjective, or an adverb. And so as an adjective, it means not correct or true or incorrect or unjust, dishonest, or immoral. As a noun, it means un an unjust, dishonest, or immoral action. And as an adverb, it means unsuitable or undesirable in direction. So you notice that there's overlap here. So whether you call it, I made a mistake or I got it wrong, you know, they're really kind of pointing to the same thing. You get the idea. They're really either miscalculations or blunders or errors or oversights or inaccuracies. People make mistakes all the time. It's just not the thing that we sit around admitting to. Like, most of the time we don't admit to, but it is a fact of life. Now, here's the thing. Sometimes you make a mistake because you got conned. And sometimes you, you know, there's a mistake or something, you know, you got something wrong and it's not your fault. So I want to give you a really real life example of that so you can see what I'm talking about. So, for example, Bernie Madoff conned, according to the Internet, 37,000 people, so Bernie Madoff conned 37,000 people out of $65 billion over 40 years. And sadly, tragically, some people committed suicide as a result of having lost their entire life savings or all of their money being gone. So 37,000 people, we could say were duped or were conned or got it wrong. That's not because they didn't make an educated decision or they were uneducated. I mean, they trusted the licensing bureaus of the United States in financial transactions and his reputation, etc., etc., etc. So sometimes things happen to you that you really are not at fault with. And so this podcast will applies to mistakes that you've made or things you've gotten wrong. And it also applies to where things have happened to you that you really didn't have skin in the game for causing, like the people who were ripped off and defrauded by Bernie Madoff, Bernie Madoff, they didn't have any skin in the game for causing that. They're the victims of that, but they didn't cause it. So this podcast applies to whether you actually took an action or did something or said something or what have you, or you made a misjudgment or made a mistake or got it wrong or something happened to you. So this podcast really applies both ways, coming and going. Now, the thing about mistakes or getting it wrong is it can be very painful emotionally 
and it can be very costly in terms of financial dollars and it can cost you in other ways when you make a mistake or get it wrong it can cost you your career it can cost you your reputation it can cost you relationships there are lots of ways that making a mistake or making mistakes or getting it wrong can cost you in addition to financial money or emotional pain. So when we look at mistakes or getting it wrong, we could look at it on a continuum. And on the left side, it's like a minor mistake, like the mistake that I admitted to earlier in this podcast that I thought I had announced that my website had the transcripts for my podcast, which is not true. It was a mistake. So me admitting to that is I'm copying to a mistake. That would be on the far left-hand side of the continuum because it's minor. You know, there's no real major loss or impact. And on the right side would be, say, the people who lost all their money to Bernie Madoff, like extreme, extreme, extreme. And there's everything in between. Here is the thing about mistakes and getting it wrong, though. Many people will drag around a mistake or something they got wrong, whether they did it or it was done to them, and they have they do not have the capacity for making peace with it, for putting it to bed, for having some closure. And so this is one of the aspects of this podcast is to help you make peace, get some closure, and to use the mistake or getting it wrong, whichever way it happened, as a forward propelling motion. In other words, many times or often, once someone has made a mistake or gotten something wrong, it sends them on a downward spiral. Like they got something wrong, so they're upset, and then it goes from bad to worse. It's a downward trajectory. And I want to talk to you, and I am going to talk to you about having any mistakes or anything you got wrong create an upward spiral because that is very, very possible and I'll talk to you about that. So if you've made a mistake or you got something wrong or it was done to you, my first request is that you bring some compassion to the table for you, for your life, for your circumstances, for whatever you did or didn't do or whatever happened to you, it's really helpful to have compassion. And while you're having compassion, what is also prudent would be to engage in self-soothing activities. We don't typically talk about self-soothing out in the world, but there are things that you can do that kind of make you feel peaceful, they soothe your soul, they, they rejuvenate you or they relax you. And I'm not talking about self-medicating now. There are people, that's what they do. Their self-soothing is self-medicating. Well, you can do that. I'm not going to sit in judgment for how you do life. It's your life. But it, it's helpful if you can bring some compassion to the table for yourself and for whatever happened and then begin to get on some self-soothing activities to kind of calm yourself and get yourself centered and also what's helpful is you know to boost your self-care and I'll talk more about that later so I want to give you I already gave you one example with the Bernie Madoff of making mistakes or getting it wrong I want to give you some very common ones though general general ideas so first of all 
getting involved with or marrying an abuser, a psychopath, a narcissist, a sociopath, or just a bad person. That is extremely common. Extremely, extremely, extremely. Trusting the wrong person, the wrong business, the wrong organization, or the wrong group. Or it could be placing your trust in an organization, person, individual, group, etc. that has a good reputation, but fraudulently. For example, like Bernie Madoff. Misjudging a person's interests, intentions, goodness, integrity, or something else. Changing jobs in various ways can involve making a mistake or getting it wrong. Sometimes in work or careers, we make a change and that ends up being a mistake or getting it wrong. Sometimes people buy the wrong house or the wrong car or some other possession object that turns out to be a mistake. Not taking a specific action or set of actions can be a mistake or getting it wrong. In other words, a lack of action or a lack of actions can can result in a mistake or getting it wrong. Running away from love. Well, I did a podcast about that and I'm practiced in that. Not proud of it, but that's been a few mistakes there. Um, not having an accurate view of life can lead to mistakes and getting it wrong and almost certainly would. And I will talk about that in a moment. So that gives you a broad sense of the common areas where this happens. It just happens all the time, but we're not talking about it. But I do want to talk about there are certain people who take making a mistake or getting it wrong much harder than other people. They really take it hard. And this is for actually good reasons. So I'm going to talk about why do some people take making a mistake harder than others? Well, so if you're a perfectionist or you are highly tend towards perfectionist attitudes and behaviors, then that is going to make, probably make it harder for you because you're trying to be perfect in life. And here, oh my gosh, you made a mistake. It's like a catastrophe. People who have low self-esteem often are almost always look at life as though they're not good enough, they're not deserving, they're not worthy. So of course making a mistake feeds into that. Like see, of course you made a mistake. You're an idiot. You're stupid. You're unworthy or what have you. So people who have low self-esteem tend to take it a little harder. People who have low emotional abilities and I am going to talk a little bit about emotional abilities. This is really important because if you have low emotional abilities, you kind of don't process, identify, manage, and process your emotions, so you're kind of stuck with things. People who compare themselves to others. Well, that's, that is a very common behavior in the world and in society, and it's not helpful. And if, you're made, if you've made a mistake or you're, you've made, you know, got something wrong, Comparing yourself to other people can can throw salt in the wound. That can really be very unhelpful and make it harder for you. People who are hard on themselves to begin with, and there are people, and this often come, is married with people who have low self-esteem or have some other issue, but 
there are people who are wickedly hard on themselves. I know about that. I used to be that person. Oh, yes, I was very, very hard on myself. Even though I had healthy self-esteem, I was hard on myself, which had to do with my inner critic and some other things. So that can make it harder. People who have irrational thinking, which I'll talk about shortly, can can take it much harder than people who are logical and rational. There are some people who have either, they're either egocentric or they have kind of a false pride and they often take it very hard. And then there's people who think a certain way. So they might be a negative thinker or they might overthink or they might catastrophize, brood, ruminate. These those that type of thinking can make making a mistake or getting it wrong, you know, even even worse. And then their thinking kind of piles on, if you will. Another personality type or history is if you've had a trauma in the past that you haven't healed from, making a mistake or getting it wrong can be harder. So there's a lot of different things, whether they're personality traits or experiences or ways of, of living life or thinking or skill sets or habits that make making a mistake harder for people. So there's good reasons why some people have difficulty with the whole making a mistake or getting it wrong. So what do most people do? when they've made a mistake or gotten something wrong on either end. Like, well, the majority of people or, you know, probably greater than 40%, maybe higher, they, they don't, they don't deal with it well. They don't take it well. They don't have the skills to process it all out. And they're often left carrying it around. They're often left with regrets and they're often left with pain and sometimes there's an additional impact because they haven't dealt with it or processed it you know so they kind of throw salt in the wound so for example <laughs> I ran away from love a couple times in the past well that wasn't helpful that wasn't good I paid a price for that but it's in the understanding that yes that's a mistake I made and then now I can get value from that mistake by understanding that it was fear-based that had me run and understanding that I'm guarded which is there's a workaround for that so like you can take mistakes and you can gain from them but that's not kind of what we do generally speaking generally speaking we beat ourselves up we think oh, I should have known better oh I should have done this or I should have done that or you know all, we go all kinds of places but they're usually not good it's usually not like oh I'm gonna have compassion for myself that I was fraudulently defrauded of every penny I have and left with debt that's not usually what people do. Now, it's what I do because I'm a fan of that and also because I've tamed my inner critic. But you can see that while making a mistake or getting it wrong is painful, then there's like a little piling on process where we throw salt in the wound by judging and condemning ourselves or whomever, or, you know, like there's a whole host of things. So that's typically what happens and this is what I want to interrupt with you. I want to give you some other things to do instead of beating yourself up, feeling sorry for yourself or just being stuck and carrying this mistake 
into your future or to, to your grave. So one of the pieces I have to address right now is rational versus irrational thinking. Because this leads people down a bad path, in particular when it comes to mistakes or getting it wrong. So what do I mean by rational versus irrational thinking? First of all, irrational thinking is extremely common. So if you find out after this podcast, or you know right now, that you have some irrational thinking, I don't want you beating yourself up because it's very common and it is something that you can correct. So it's, you know, you don't, don't go, woe is me. You go, ha, huh, yeah, that might be, that might be, that might be what's going on in my life. And that might be the best thing that I found out today or this week or this year. So irrational thinking is when you have a distorted view of life. So the way that you look at life is warped. It's not accurate. And there are many, many forms of irrational thinking. It's so common. I did a podcast that's called uh, Cognitive Distortions, and that addresses cognitive distortions are form of irrational thinking. But if you're not looking at life and the world with an accurate perception, I'm hoping you could see that that might make dealing with a mistake or getting it wrong even worse. Like it might go from, it was a mistake, it might go to a catastrophe if you don't have rational thinking. So rational thinking is extremely important, important in all areas of life. But we're talking right now in this podcast about making mistakes and getting it wrong in the hopes we can create some peace and some closure and some upward spiral, upward movement for this. So you've got to have rational thinking. That's just got to be, it's part of the formula and foundation for dealing with mistakes or getting it wrong. So uh, you can get irrational thinking handled if that's one of your issues. And there's so many forms of it. And and be like, woohoo, guess what? I, I found out I, I don't think rationally and now I get to fix that or change it. Listen, I'm not like, woohoo, I ran away from love, but woohoo, I ran away from love because now I don't have to do that anymore. So get straight, get square about your thinking. Is it rational or irrational? If it's irrational, that's what you want to put on your list. So one area that is extremely painful, yet very, very common, and we're not really, in my opinion, being forthright and truthful about this is in the area of domestic abuse. So according to the domestic abuse and violence websites, 25% of women will experience violence at the hands of an intimate partner and 11% of men. So that's 25% of women experiencing violence at the hands of their intimate partner. Well, what percentage of people are experiencing abuse, absence, absent the violence. An awful, awful lot. There's a ton of people. And I did talk to a friend who's a therapist and said, I don't see anybody tracking this. Is anybody tracking domestic abuse separate from the violence? And she said she didn't think so. I don't think so either. But here's the thing. If you were in a, an abuse, or are, if you were or you are, 
in an abusive relationship, which could be a marriage, it could be a partnership, it could be a relationship, it could be even at work. This is a very, very painful thing. It's something most people consider, oh, I made a mistake, but I want to just introduce one little piece because this is a common mistake. This is a very common mistake. If we know that 25% of women and 11% of men are going to experience violence at the hands of an intimate partner, then we know that it's, uh, what, maybe, I don't know, 50% of, of, of women and 40% and of men are going to experience emotional abuse. I don't know what the number is, but it's high. So we want to just give you some freedom in this piece because it's common. So there's an analogy in the domestic abuse and violence websites that it's called boiling the frogs and if you don't know about that this is a very powerful analogy because it's really how it how it goes so if you're gonna boil frogs you put frogs living frogs in a pan of tepid water water on the stove and they just swim around and they're happy they're not trying to jump out they're just swimming around in the pot and then gently over time you turn up the heat you turn up the heat a little bit, then a little bit more, and a little bit more. So the water is getting warmer, but it's so gradual that the frogs don't realize it, and they stay in the pot. And then by the time the water is too hot, they are rendered incapable. They are incapable of jumping out of the pot. That is how it goes for the majority of people who end up in a domestic abuse situation. They didn't have, there weren't screaming red flags because a lot of the people who are the abusers, they're a little like mini Bernie Madoffs. They're good at the art of the con. They will con you and sweet talk you and all that stuff until you're trapped. So if domestic abuse is something you've had in the past or you're currently in, you would most likely consider it to be a mistake or something you got wrong, which would be completely understandable. But in this area, you want to especially bring forgiveness of yourself, compassion of yourself in this area because the, the abusers are very manipulative. You know, like you probably, I don't know that you could have seen it coming. I mean, I know about this. And people said, oh, no, no, they would not be like that. They're like all quiet and docile. Let me tell you, people, sometimes it's the quietest, most docile ones that are the most dangerous. So if one of your mistakes or something you got wrong falls under domestic abuse or domestic violence, You've got to bring compassion to yourself and forgive yourself and understand the boiling the frogs analogy because that's probably how you ended up in it. Number two, you can use the balance of this podcast and my other podcast to take back your power. I have a podcast that's titled Take Back Your Power and and really, domestic abuse is all about power and control. That is, if you haven't seen the power and control wheel, W-H-E-E-L, that's on the web relating to domestic abuse, that would be a good thing to look up and look at. But this is all about power and control, and this is a very painful area that many people feel well I just made a mistake and then they blame themselves and they further traumatize themselves when you know it's really not the best approach so I just have to say that now 
the other areas that this comes up in frequently, making a mistake or getting it wrong, is in relationships and divorces. Well, clearly, if you married somebody and plan on staying married to them, you know, and you end up getting divorced, that clearly falls under the, so you got something wrong or you made a mistake. But this also happens in platonic friendships. Like sometimes people are very hidden in their true nature. I know in, I can think of two platonic friendships, just friends, friends. One took me almost a decade to get that person's number. And another took me more than a decade to really see the true nature of, of these two ladies. I mean, it was, it was stunning. So people will often hide their true self from you and you're making a decision about dating them or marrying them or being friends with them based on the information you have. If somebody hides their true self from you and you end up dating them or you end up marrying them or you end up being, you know, good friends or best friends with them and then you find out oh, they're not who I thought they were, it's it would be helpful for you to be able to have freedom to understand you're not responsible for the fact that they hid their true nature and their true self from you. Like you're, you don't have skin in the game for that. That's not your fault. People go there and go, Oh, I should have known. No, you know, listen, if you haven't seen all these crime shows, usually a detective or somebody in law enforcement will say, oh, you're only going to get to know a person to the extent that they will let you get to know them. So if you've got this going on in a divorce or a breakup or a platonic friendship, you've got to bring forgiveness to yourself and not blame yourself for not seeing the true nature of a person because many people are good at hiding them. Now, another area it happens with is with your children, if you have children, or your parents, if your parents are still living. Well, here's the question. Well, have you made mistakes with your children if you have children? Well, of course, I would think the answer is of course. Of course, it's not of course to many people because some people cannot admit that they made a mistake or they got something wrong. That's one way to live life. And if you live life where you can't admit you made a mistake or you can't admit you got something wrong, that's a fine way for you to live. I, I, I don't recommend it, but you can go ahead and do that. So my children know I made mistakes with them. My children also know that I was dealing with three concurrent traumas and could barely get through the day, much of it. Like I did the best I could with who I was and what I had resource-wise and otherwise, and it was, it was terrible, like, it was really bad, and I've apologized, and I will apologize for the rest of my life to my children for what they went through, and that I couldn't do better than what I did. Now, I did do pretty good. I mean, I did a fairly good job, according to the therapist who kicked me out of therapy, so, um, but you want to be able to apologize, and that might mean apologizing to your parents, or apologizing to your children and you know have it be have it be something that's a learning experience I mean like I don't know why would you not be willing to apologize because you're so brittle or you're 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 so into looking good and trying to be perfect that you can't apologize well that's one way to live the other area this happens is at work this happens quite a bit at work 
Now, how you handle at work is going to be a little different because you're at work and it's your professional job or career or it's your job. So that's a whole different can of worms, but you need to understand that this does happen at work. You want to be prepared and hopefully some of the other subject matter here I'm going to talk about will help you with it if you if it happens at work but it for sure happens at work all kinds of places so here's the thing about making mistakes and getting it wrong this has to do with your emotions and your emotional processing and usually your inner critic we as a society are pretty poor at the managing and processing even the identification of our emotions we don't grow up in society having learned that we are not teaching kids that we're not teaching adults that we have physicians and therapists who don't know how to instruct people to do that it's not a common skill it's an important skill it's a life-changing skill but it's not something we're currently teaching people I have a podcast called Managing and Processing Your Emotions, which goes through the process I use, which is in layers. It's kind of in phases or, or layers. I really think layers is, is the right, and it's circular. It's not linear. So when you've made a mistake or you got something wrong, whether you made the mistake or got it wrong or it was done to you, you are going to have to identify all your emotions about it, which are going to be many and many, you know, the whole array, like, you know, from, you might be angry, you might be sad, you might have gotten ripped off, you might feel betrayed, you might be dealing with a high level of resentment or anxiety or shame, shame is common, embarrassment is common, there's all these emotions but identifying how you feel is just the first part then you have to go through the steps to process your emotions and this is the area where you'll get freedom you'll get freed up and you can make peace with the fact that you made a mistake or got something wrong or or it was done to you and that's not something i can well I could explain it to you, but that's not the topic of this podcast. This podcast is all about dealing with mistakes and getting it wrong. And I and it's an hour-long podcast on how to manage and process your emotions. But this is a skill set you want to learn because you want you are going to make mistakes in life. I hate to break it to you. You are gonna get some things wrong or it's gonna be done to you. So why not have the skill set to be able to deal with it? Or you can package it up in pretty little wrapping paper put it on a little wagon and just cart it behind you for the rest of your life. No, you don't want to do that. Learn to manage and process your emotions. So, I mean, people don't make mistakes on purpose. This is not something you do on purpose, people. I mean, if you're doing it on purpose, then you might be dealing with self-sabotage, but that's not even necessarily on purpose because you're unconscious to it. Now, if you self-sabotage, that's something you want to get into and look at. But here's the thing. Most people, when they've made a mistake or got it wrong, did the best they could at the time with who they were at the time under the circumstances. That's the general rule of law. Most people are doing the best they can with who they are 
with where they are with the circumstances at the time. So then years later, you're looking back and saying, well, I should have done this or I would have done that or I could have done that. Yeah, well, you're 10 years older or you're 20 years older or you're whatever. Or now you've learned this or that. So you're not the same person, which is why I keep saying, you know, you want to have compassion. You want to have compassion for yourself because my bet is, I bet you did the best you could with who you were at the time under the circumstances. So you're going to identify your emotions and then the next piece is you're going to process them. And in my podcast I talk about it in layers, but you want to process your emotions because here's what happens if you don't. Well, number one, you're going to carry it around on a little wagon tied up in nice pretty paper or ugly paper or whatever. But what we know from the research is if you don't manage and process your emotions, they will stay in your subconscious, unconscious mind and wait. They will lie and wait for you, sometimes at a future date to explode. Why not create peace? Why not create a new future? By processing those emotions, why would you want to just pile on and wait for some other day? Well, sometimes you have to do that if you have too much going on. But you definitely need to manage and process your emotions on the mistake or whatever you got wrong or whatever happened to you. Now, the next piece of this is your inner critic. Everybody has an inner critic. The inner critic's job, as the name implies, is to criticize you to condemn you, to say nasty things. It's a very vicious, unkind aspect of the way the human mind is is set up, in my opinion. It's really nasty. So I didn't know forever that I had an inner critic. This was part of when I was figuring out that I was hard on myself. So I had really healthy, decent self-esteem, but then I would be so hard on myself. And as we kind of sorted myself out, well, we, my friends and I, you know, I learned about this inner critic and then I went on a journey to tame my inner critic, which was remarkable. I do talk about that briefly in my podcast titled self-care and self-compassion. Because to tame your inner critic is growing your own compassion for yourself and being kind to yourself. If you go on the journey to tame your inner critic, eventually you'll get to the point where you recognize that your inner critic is yelling at you or screaming at you or condemning you or saying all these nasty things. And you can tell your inner critic to go take a flying leap which is really amazing. It's really, it's actually very fun. And as you grow your skills to tame your inner critic, it will just kind of shut up eventually. I mean, it will really go down. Like it's like the volume is turned all the way to off. You never actually turn your inner critic off, but you can learn skills to master it. So it's almost never talking like it's very quiet and I recommend that because when you've made a mistake and most people are hard on themselves then this is not helpful like you know you made a mistake or you got something wrong so that's painful right it could be sad it could be a financial loss it could be all kinds of losses or whatever and now you're going to beat yourself up about it 
oh, you worthless loser. Uh, it, no, that's, that's, that is throwing gasoline on the fire. So you've got to learn to deal with your emotions, process them, and get a hold of this whole piece of your inner critic. Because let's say you manage or process your emotions, but here's the inner critic with a bat just going to tell you, see, you know, other people don't make that mistake. You know, it's just vicious. The inner critic is really not a good thing. And it's very freeing to tame it. So that's the whole emotional piece. And as you're doing the emotional piece, hopefully you're going to decide, yeah, I think that taming that inner critic might, sounds like it might be cool. I want you to bring forgiveness first off for yourself. Forgiveness is, is not what some people think it is. But for the first part of this, you need to have forgiveness of yourself. If you're expecting yourself never to make mistakes, never to get anything wrong, this really could be a catastrophe for you. And that's like, I don't know how it is for you because I don't know what mistakes or how you got it wrong. But you, know, you want to be able to forgive yourself for making a mistake or getting it wrong or in the other case where it was done to you because it's freeing. You want to be freed up to enjoy life, to live life, to be have this great life filled with happiness and love and not forgiving yourself. You might as well package that up and put that on the cart, the little wagon behind you. So you're going to beat yourself up. There's a package. You're going to not forgive yourself. There's another package. That's all baggage that you don't need. You can keep it. That's your choice. It's your life. But my strong, strong recommendation is you forgive yourself for making a mistake or getting it wrong. You did the best you could with who you were at the time under the circumstances and we all make mistakes. So there's first part is the forgiveness for you. Well, you know, you may also want to forgive other people. So there are situations where other people, say for example, in my life, <laughs> have gotten it wrong and made mistakes and then they wouldn't apologize. So like this would be like having it done to me or having it done to you. Well, I have to tell you, there are some people in life, tragically, who simply do not have the capacity to apologize. Now, that is very sad and, and very telling. But there are people who will go to their grave, never having admitted that they made a mistake, or got something wrong, never having apologized, never having said, I'm sorry, or I made a mistake. Like, there are people who will go to their grave like that. That's, to me, a very sad way to live life. I do feel sorry for people who, who live that way, but there are people who live that way. And the reason I'm talking to you about it is because if you have someone in your life who fits that bill, and your relationship with them is either significant or important or valuable, you might have to be the one to take the high road and say something to them to kind of make peace or mend fences or, you know, move things forward. Now, I know some of you are probably thinking, oh, who does that? Yes, I have done that because sometimes my relationships with people are more important 
than letting, you know, letting it tank just because someone is incapable of fixing a mess they made. I mean, ideally, when you make a mistake or you get something wrong, you want to apologize and clean it up. Apologize, take whatever actions are necessary to clean it up. But if you have someone in your life who is incapable of cleaning it up because they can't apologize, because that would be that would be such a disaster if they admitted that they treated you badly or they made a mistake. So you could say something like, uh, just to give you some ideas. Well, I'm sorry our last conversation didn't go well, or I'm sorry we had words, or I'm sorry, you know, we had a little little ruckus there. Uh, can we do a do-over, or can we put this behind us? Or uh, And sometimes all you have to do is just, you know, pretend like nothing happened, and they're thrilled. <laughs> like, they're thrilled. So I'm saying this to you because I want you to have compassion that there are some people who are going to make a mistake with you, like they're the ones doing the mistake, and they're not, they're just not, they haven't grown and developed enough to be able to own it and deal with it and take care of it. So if the relationship is important to you, then you might have to be the bigger person. And, and for some of them, you might have to say, look, we just really got into it and I, I apologize because I love you and, you know, that doesn't make me happy. Can we do a do-over or can we just put it to bed and move on? Like, there's something you could say. And oftentimes those people are deeply relieved and they'll be very, very grateful. Now, when you've made a mistake or you got something wrong, my suggestion is that you want to use the mistake or what you got wrong, even if it was done to you by someone else, as a springboard to spiral your life upward and forward. Put yourself on the upward trajectory. And that would be post-traumatic growth. This idea, post-traumatic growth, has been done since the beginning of humanity. This has been written about for thousands of years. There is absolutely nothing new about using a painful mistake or something you got wrong to grow and, and become a better person or learn things and make your life better. That's an old idea. But a few decades ago, we had a new term for it. I think, I don't remember if it's 40 years, but it's been around, but it's been around for quite a while. But they came up with the term post-traumatic growth. And that's where you use a mistake, something you got wrong, or some bereavement, some life challenge, something, something painful, something not good. And you use it to become a better version of yourself. You use it to make your life better. And as a result of you becoming a better version of yourself, a.k.a. growth and development, life becomes richer and more rewarding for you. So what are the lessons you can learn from the mistake you're thinking about or the mistake you made or something you got wrong or something that was done to you? What can you learn and how could you grow? Well, I don't know, but there's a lot of ways sometimes you can learn and grow from a mistake or something that's happened to you that's bad, but you want to have anything that's painful, any mistakes, you want to you want to kind of tease out well 
what, how could I use this to my advantage? I mean, like I ran away from love, but now I can use it to my advantage and hopefully not do that. <laughs> I mean, hopefully I won't do that. I don't think I will. Um, you know, but there's lots of mistakes we're going to make in life because we're human. So that kind of, kind of goes through, you can beat yourself up because you made a mistake or you got it wrong. And I don't recommend that. Instead, why not use post-traumatic growth to create this amazing journey for yourself where your focus, your focus is to become a better version of yourself. I don't know. I mean, it's your choice. So I have some additional suggestions to help you with this. Number one, if you've made a mistake or gotten something wrong, just take a breath. Take a breath and understand everybody does this. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody gets it wrong. And for the most part, it happens to people like on the receiving end. It's just that we're not talking about this. So how would you think it's a very common issue? Well, I already gave you some statistics from domestic abuse, domestic violence. This is common. People make mistakes all the time. So the second thing is, I want you to be kind to yourself. I want you to bring compassion that you made a mistake or you got it wrong or that something happened to you and just really bring forgiving yourself. You may also want to forgive other people. I have a whole podcast about forgiveness because forgiving other people doesn't benefit them. It benefits you. You are the only beneficiary if you forgive yourself or other people. Well, that might not be totally true, but for the most part, when you forgive someone else, you are the beneficiary of that. Now, some people might get a little benefit if you forgive yourself because you'll be easier to live with. But anyway, okay, draw a line in the sand and make whatever mistake, whatever you got wrong or whatever happened to you that was a mistake done by someone else. Have it be a defining moment. Have it be like, wow, this awful, terrible thing happened to me. Like I could say this awful, terrible thing of all my money being fraudulently and illegally taken, all of my assets and being left with debt. That, yeah, that happened. And I'm going to have it be, ha ha, my life is, is amazing. Like, you know, you could have something terrible that was something that was done to me, but you could have a mistake you made or you could have getting something wrong or something happening to you and you could have it be like, aha, I'm victorious. I win because I'm using this to my advantage. So take advantage of post-traumatic growth. I mean, I really recommend it. While you're dealing with mistakes or getting something wrong, it's very, very helpful for you to boost your self-care. Many people aren't good at that. You want to get good at that, people, because it feels amazing. And usually you look way better when you're taking care of yourself. That's, that's a nice little benefit. My next suggestion is that you get to work to grow your emotional abilities. Emotional intelligence is the overall term. And my view is that emotions are your superpower as a human being. The caveat though is you have to know how to use your emotions. You know how you have to know how to identify them, manage them, process them, and we as a society we're terrible at that. We're even terrible. We have a very 
like preschool emotional vocabulary as a society, in my opinion. So grow your emotions to be a superpower because it's amazing. It's really cool. It's fun. It makes you like, it's just like the bomb. And I have lots of podcasts that will help you with that. My next suggestion is if you happen to have low self-esteem, that you really put yourself on this journey of growth and discovery because it doesn't feel good to you if you have low self-esteem. The other piece of low self-esteem is it colors what you think. It colors your view of life and not necessarily accurately. In fact, I would suggest inaccurately. So low self-esteem you don't work on per se, but that's got to be a priority that you are engaging in activities that will help you start to feel worthy, start to feel deserving, and and boost that self-esteem. Obviously, you heard me say earlier <laughs> to tame your inner critic. Oh, please, tame your inner critic. That is fun. I, I mean, I, I don't talk about it that long in my podcast on self-care and self-compassion, but I do talk about how my kids were wildly helpful when I was really starting to figure out when is my inner critic speaking and what is it saying. And so anyway, so that podcast will help you next. I sincerely, sincerely hope you will have a reward system because they're so much fun and because they help you stay on track. We get sucked into the drift of life. We start to confront things and we're like, yeah. And you just want to go back to the way you were have a reward system. You won't regret it. They're very fun and engaging. I have a podcast about that. Next, I suggest that you make love and happiness a high priority in your in your life. So whether you've made a recent mistake or you're processing, you're dealing with a mistake you made 20 years ago or five years ago or, you know, whenever, Make happiness and love your number one priority and focus on that. And I have tons of podcasts that will help you with that because that's going to make you feel good. And that's like what life is about, in my opinion. I mean, listen, I'm very serious when it comes to my goals, yada, yada, but I like love to have fun. Fun is my thing. Playing and laughing. That's like, that's it. And I made that decision as a young as a, I was in high school, I looked at these adults and I thought, oh, I am never going to be that serious. Well, I am that serious, but I'm like serious while I'm laughing because you can laugh at a business meeting, people. You can have fun at a business meeting. Don't let anybody kid you that you can't have fun at a business meeting or you can't be wildly productive and, and not have fun and make it playful. So make love and happiness a focal point of your life. My next suggestion is that you take people with you. Life is way more fun when you've got a buddy or a partner in crime or a best friend or a team. It's just way more fun. And everybody pretty much needs a lot of what you need too. So this wouldn't hurt them. This will help them. My next suggestion is... You're dealing with a mistake or something that you got wrong or something that was done to you. What's really helpful is to build the skill of counterbalancing the negative because usually mistakes or getting it wrong is negative and it can be overwhelmingly negative and counterbalancing the negative is a strategy or a technique to help you when you have something negative going on, which could be domestic abuse or it could be 
you know, all your money be stolen fraudulently or whatever. I mean, I'm laughing about that, but oh, let me tell you, that's not funny. I don't think it's really funny, but I do laugh about it because guess what? I win. I am the victor. I win. All right. So the last suggestion I have for you, if you're dealing with making mistakes or you've made a mistake or got something wrong or it was done to you, is to really hunker down and learn to control your mind because this is the piece that makes it so much harder for some people is they ruminate or they brood or they catastrophize or they overthink or they which are all reasonable things these are not unreasonable things but they're also not helpful to you and if you learn to control your mind then you can have that go by the wayside and be replaced with thoughts that you actually want to have I do have a podcast about how to learn to control your mind, which is only one way to learn to do it. There's lots of ways to learn to control your mind, and that has also been written about for forever, for like most of humanity. So here's your takeaways from this podcast. It's time to understand that making mistakes and getting it wrong is the most common thing that happens in the world. Number two, it's time to realize that you can use any mistake you've made or getting it wrong or that was done to you to take advantage of post-traumatic growth and become a better version of yourself and have life be more rewarding and rich. And last takeaway is it's time to build an amazing team, creating parties, events, and prizes, and rewards, and just have this delicious, fun journey while you build all the skills that are going to help you in life. My call to action is that you share this podcast with people that you care about because every single person makes mistakes here and there. And for the most part, people don't have peace with the mistakes they've made. Well, if you go through all the steps that I've given you, you'll have a lot of peace. You'll have a new future. I promise. That's it for now. Take care. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 103, Making Mistakes and Getting It Wrong. I hope this has given you some ideas so you can make peace with any mistakes or things you've gotten wrong. I hope it's given you some new ideas. I certainly hope you're going to subscribe so you get the new podcast automatically because clearly you wouldn't want to miss one. (laughs) And I hope you're going to visit my website to enter my current giveaway. Hang in there for now. I love you. You got this. That's all.